0: Welcome to episode 49 of Breakout Culture. I'm Ed Vasey, none other than the culture editor of Country and
1: Townhouse magazine. And I'm Charlotte Metcalf, and I'm the associate editor at the magazine.
0: As usual, we'd like to start by saying a big thank you to our sponsor, Martin Miller's Gin. Not, they not only make delicious gin, but they're also huge supporters of the arts and culture. We think the late Martin Miller, who had a passion for transformation via blending all kinds of botanicals and Icelandic water together, would love today's podcast as it's a proper mix of
1: cultural events happening over the next couple of weeks. Yes, we do have a very good blend of delightful guests today. So we suggest that if you're listening to this in the evening, pour yourself a delicious Martin Miller's original gin and tonic. Put your feet up for the next half hour or so while we chat away to our guests. Last week, we had Axel Ruger from the Royal Academy talking about the Summer Exhibition, coordinated by the artist Yinka Shonibare, who grew up in Nigeria and who set out to represent much more African art in this year's show. There's been a huge explosion of interest in African art recently, with skyrocketing prices for contemporary works, and there are masses of African art exhibitions coming up from the Bulgari Hotel to Somerset House. Here, to give us a bit of an overview of the African art scene, is Cass Ojo, who Heads up, the Luxury Network, Nigeria.
2: Good morning, Cass. Good morning. Good morning,
0: Sean. It's great to meet you, Cass. Thank you for coming on. Now, I know that you're helping host a fantastic pop-up of contemporary African art at the Bulgari Hotel in Knightsbridge, where Hannah O'Leary, who's head of African art at Sotheby's, is going to explain to invited guests and VIPs why there's been such a huge explosion of interest in African art. Because, for example, there's also a new exhibition at Signature African Art in Davis Street, and a huge show of contemporary African art that's on at Somerset House from the 8th to the 10th of October. So there's a lot to unpack here, but start by telling us what's happening at the Bulgari.
2: So the African Art Series is um, a series of uh, pop-up art exhibitions or art investment events, we could call it. And we are delighted to introduce our inaugural event at Bulgari Hotel London on the 7th to the 9th of October you know the whole world has views and opinions about Africa and sometimes these opinions are they're based on on facts but many times these ideas are not true so we've created this this event to really bring a taste of Africa and so you know we are creating this event to bring a, a picture into uh, the culture the you know the just the the amazing brilliance of of Africa and what Africa has to offer the world i mean my uh, my background is, is is not you know i'm not a, an art connoisseur yet but my passion is really in stimulating a shift in the uh, the wider perception of africa so we are creating uh, an event uh, where uh, you know, working with some art experts. You know, we've been in discussion with uh, with Sotheby's uh, for for a very long time. So we're working with the African Art Department um, at Sotheby's, and you know, we are creating this exciting sort of celebration. Of, of African art, it sounds absolutely great. But I'm really interested in why you think this is happening now. Uh, obviously, as you know, as we as we know, the Black Lives Matter, that you know, the movement from last year, it, it touched on sensitive issues that reverberated right across all. all sort of all spheres of life and it brought to the forefront this issues about the need for diversity in the arts and so it's it's something it's, it's a it's a movement it's a conversation it's um that that, that is you know I dare say it, it's very much overdue and so you know we are going to have on display artists I'll name a few Ben and Wonwoo which many people have heard of. He uh, fa- He painted a famous um, Christine that smashed the records um, at Sotheby's um, a few years ago. We will have some works from El Anatsui. So he's a renowned sculptor from, from Ghana. And his works combine African techniques and imagery with abstraction to create works desired uh, or described as uh, destructive, delicate, and beautiful all at once. We're gonna have um, Adelaide Demora. She uses her body as the start point of much of her work, working with themes around feminism, religion, spirituality, um, and colonialism. We're gonna have um, Lanre Adegoke, who I who I met recently. I had the privilege of meeting him. He has a very interesting uh, backstory. So he was the only apprentice of the renowned uh, Ben and Wonwu, who I mentioned earlier, paid, that painted the the of Chris, uh, Christine. So Lanre Adegoke actually he worked with um, Ben and Wonwu in London in the 80s, before Ben and Wonwoo went back to Nigeria. Collectors of Larry's works include uh, Lady Edwina, the goddaughter of um, Diana, Princess of Wales. He's also in talks with the British Museum for some of his works. Um, We'll have another artist called Asiko, He's a conceptual photographer. He is uh, on a lifelong cultural and spiritual exploration of a nuanced Yoruba language. Yoruba language, uh, the Yoruba people are sort of the biggest tribe in um, in Nigeria, and you know, there's a lot of sort of culture, cultural context for um for his works.
1: I know you're having a fantastically fancy sort of VIP reception with every star you can shake a stick at going to <laughs> it. But after that, when when is can anybody from the public just walk into the Bulgari Hotel and have a look?
2: Good question. So um, on the 8th, um, so Friday, the 8th of October, and Saturday the 9th of October are public viewing days. And re- registration is required. And it's that's um, via the Eventbrite platform. You know, we have a something of a of a, of a, a website. So it's at uh, the theafricanartseries.com or we've recently also set up our social media pages. So um, you know, the links can be found on any any of those um, places. The exhibition is open daily on on those two dates uh, from 12 midday until 9 p.m. And it's free. It is free. You know, the African art series is something of a precursor to this, you know, to 154. 154 is, um, you know, the the, the biggest. I think it's in its 10th year. So there's a lot of um, interest around that. But, you know, a, a lot of people will perhaps not uh, jump straight in and visit uh, an African art fair, you know, within reason, you know, you need some, perhaps some context, uh, a bit of an introduction to, you know, to African art and artists. And and that's really what um, our show is about.
0: It does sound absolutely fantastic. We're really looking forward to it. And I think it's long overdue. And I think the interesting thing as well is that Nigeria has also got a thriving music scene. And we've seen, for example, Universal Music, I think, has opened uh, an office in uh, Nigeria. And so not only just African visual art, but also African contemporary musicians are also making a massive impact.
2: <laughs> Very interesting point. Um, it's actually something I wanted to touch upon. So, for example, I remember when I was growing up, you know, being African, it really wasn't cool. And, you know, we wanted, you know, there was sort of, um, I mean, we, weren't, we certainly weren't ashamed of being African, but it, it wasn't cool like it is today because we have, you know, Afrobeats which is an umbrella term to describe popular music, mainly from West Africa, Afrobeats has exploded on the scene and it's been just widely embraced. And just recently, for example, Justin Bieber, He recently collaborated with one of the leading um, Afrobeats artists called WizKid on a song called Essence. And, you know, you might listen to it. It's, you know, in one month, in just one month, the song has raked up millions and millions of views on YouTube. So, you know, there is this thing where, you know, there is just an explosion of, um, as you said, of the music and, you know, our food and co- our fashion, African fashion. There is so much sort of interest because of the, I guess, the, 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 the rich heritage that comes with the African narrative. And it's just fantastic. You know, it's something I'm so proud of. And, um, you know, we're really going to put together a fantastic fantastic um exhibition that would you know hopefully really break down those barriers and provide or create a um you know really authentic way to uh to engage with with the african narrative
1: well it's been great to have you on thank you so much kaz
2: thank you so much um and really look forward to to to, um, having you at the exhibition really looking forward to that thank you
0: this year, the Oxford Leader Festival, which runs from the 8th till 23rd of October, celebrates its 20th anniversary. An astonishing array of artists are going to appear in more than 80 events, which will also be live streamed, encompassing the great song titles of Schubert and Schumann, as well as songs from fin de siècle Paris,
1: Scandinavia and America. Now, the broad focus of the festival is on nature, exploring how poets and composers have so often been inspired by it, which means the festival will not only take place in concert halls, but also out and about in some of Oxford's most beautiful outdoor spaces. Here to tell us all about it is the artistic director, founder and pianist, Sholto Kinnock. Good morning, Sholto.
0: Good morning. Very nice to be here and thanks for having me. Good morning and very nice to have some lovely music to look forward to. I'm interested in how you're going to cope with chilly October weather in your outside venues. Although, of course, I, <laughs> I remember from my own Oxford University days that Oxford was always used to be rather sunny and nice. Now, you've got some incredibly famous yeah, was- singers coming up, like Ian Bostridge, who I used to know quite well, Dame Sarah Connolly and Roderick Williams, you are going to have to let me do the blurb, shall <laughs> Tell sure, us about sorry. some of the not-to-be-missed <laughs> events. How you can talk. <laughs> well you you you've just
3: you've stolen my thunder, you've just rattled off our celebrity names. Well <laughs> which, which to which to answer first i mean how are we going to deal with chilly oxford well i feel we're owed a good year this year because uh you know n- not only coming out of all, of everything that we've had to contend with recently but also you know autumn in oxford can be the most beautiful season with the autumn leaves and, and actually usually it's pretty mild we're a little bit earlier this year so i think we we deserve a really nice warm autumn and we haven't got that many events outdoors we've just got a couple of uh, walking tours around the oxford botanic garden illustrated with music kind of popping up around the place uh, And then otherwise, most of our events are, in fact, indoors. And as you say, we've got an amazing array of artists coming. We've gone all out for our 20th anniversary, which falls this year. Uh, uh, We've got, I think, 107 numbered events. And we've also got, as well as people like Ian, uh, Sarah Connolly, Roderick Williams, we've also got artists flying in from all over Europe, the likes of Christophe Pregardien, Camilla Tilling, all the sort of star names of the song world, really, as well as lots and lots of fantastic up-and-coming young singers and pianists. Well,
1: this really is rather a special programme because it really, really does focus on nature. Um, Now, you've obviously got some wonderful classics like Saint-Saëns' Carnival of the Animals, but then you've got Natural History, Scandinavian Landscapes, The Music of Nature, Romantic Wandering, Sweeter Than Roses, Nature's Songbook and more. Now, you've even got some events inspired by In Sickness and In Health with the talk and songs around anti-vaxxers and vaccines so actually in 20 years this festival's moved way way beyond just being a Schubert recital um, hasn't it I mean it's just completely different today
3: I mean increasingly that's the direction the festival's been going in in the last few years and to some degree that's kind of capitalising on the fact that we're in Oxford we're not formally associated with the university but obviously we've got lots of brilliant people that we can call on and actually you've just hit as well on on two aspects of this year's festival that, that um, I was sort of keen should you know coming out of the pandemic um, if we are coming out of the pandemic that we should address it, but not actually be talking about it. No one wants to talk about it. But somehow nature, I think a lot of people have strengthened their relationship with nature in the last couple of years. And it seemed a particularly kind of apt theme. Of course, it, you know, it springs up everywhere in the poetry of song. Uh, you know, there are so many options with that. Um, and I also just wanted to have a nod to the fact that we are in Oxford, uh, you know, where the AstraZeneca vaccine was developed. And I was thinking, God, how can we make a, a link between vaccines and songs? And it seemed maybe a little tenuous. And then I realised that Edward Jenner was actually a poet himself and he also commissioned poetry in order to persuade people that the early vaccinations were safe. And then when you look around, you realise that there are quite a lot of physician poets who have been set to music over the years, including Keats. And I thought, okay, this is this is a potential link. And so we've got a two part event looking at physician poets. And then we've got Andrew Pollard, the head of the AstraZeneca, uh, Oxford AstraZeneca team, coming to talk about how um, how they've addressed the problems with persuading people that vaccination is safe. Those kind of concurrent ideas in music, poetry and in this case, science um, and culture uh, I think are, are something that we really love doing, and and use the fact that we have this art form that's full of words as well as music to kind of yeah make it as uh, accessible to as wide a possible audience as possible.
0: That's such a clever idea. Have you got any on climate change uh, for COP twenty six? We we should we should have more. Um, uh, we, we we haven't
3: got anything very directly on that, but I'm sure it's something that people are going to be talking about.
0: Or lorry drivers keep on trucking as a Schubert leader. Now, <laughs> being half American myself, I want to hear talking which i want to hear a bit about the american songs the festival's going to feature because you've got a whole weekend dedicated to those haven't you
3: that's right i mean i should say that you know we're called the leader festival but leader is just a kind of catch-all phrase for songs and we don't just stick ourselves at the start of the 19th century in germany um we're very wide ranging in terms of languages and styles right up to the present day but american song is something we've kind of neglected over the years obviously there's there's a sort of treasure trove of Repertoire there to explore. And we start off with this fascinating composer called Harry T. Burley, who was mainly known as a kind of arranger of spirituals, but was actually, uh, well, and had this enormous hit with, with his arrangement of Deep River, which made him a total celebrity, but actually was a very serious composer of art songs, and he was great friends with Dvorak and a very influential composer in kind of shaping an American sound in, in the classical song world. Uh, and so we've got a kind of event exploring his life, all with live music illustrations. All of our sort of study or song connections events have live music. Music. Then in the evening, we've got another kind of uh, star recital with Benjamin Apple, uh, who of course is German, but he's going to be singing lots of repertoire inspired by the United States. So not uh, actually any American composers in there, apart from three songs by Samuel Barber that were written for fischer Disco. And then the next day, we've got, you know, various sort of more mainstream American repertoire, Copeland, Barber, Ives. Uh, and then we finished the whole weekend
0: with an evening of Stephen Sondheim songs with the brilliant Kitty Waitley and Nicky Spence.
1: Sounds absolutely fantastic. It
0: terrific. I mean, my imagination is now running away with me, and I want some, I want an afternoon of songs on the German election. But um, in, a weird, <laughs> <laughs> in a weird, I follow Ian Bostridge on Instagram, so I'll see a lot of this, I hope the Instagrams away at your Good. amazing festival, but I'm sure he will.
1: Now you play the piano, don't you, Schulte? So how, how, are you going to be playing a lot at at, at this? I'm
3: playing quite a lot. I, I've over the years, I've I've you know worked hard to sort of find a balance between how much I can actually play at the kind of level that I want to play and be running around everywhere, meeting and greeting and 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 you know overseeing the festivals. I think this year I'm playing eight or nine recitals, but I, I peaked at 14 a few years ago in two weeks, and that was ridiculous. It's quite a tough balance, actually, I think.
1: I know this is a really difficult question, but what are you really, really looking forward to most for you? What's a highlight? It is a
3: really difficult question, actually. And I think probably... The answer is always kind of song connections events where we're looking at, well, you know, that we've already mentioned the vaccines, but also we're going to be looking at um, kind of songs of the sea and oceans with marine biologist Helen Scales kind of exploring how, you know, the the, the depth at which the um, the oceans were understood is reflected in the kind of poetry and music of changing times Uh, and I think we've got got a whole sequence of sort of fascinating events like that Um, and actually a concert I think you mentioned as well briefly the Carnival of the Animals where we've taken as part of our Saint-Saëns anniversary celebration we've taken the Carnival of the Animals and we've mixed it up with a load of songs more or less about animals the same kind of approach of some gentle satire and caricatures of of well-known personality types and, and, and mix that together with the wonderful soprano Liz Watts so I think that's also going to be a particularly special evening But we have, you know, five, six events every single day and choosing between them, I find really very hard. I haven't put anything in there that I don't firmly believe will be a wonderful event.
1: That sounds absolutely fantastic shoulders. So where can our listeners go and find all this information out?
3: Well, everything is listed on our website, oxfordleader.co.uk. And it's important to mention as well that, Uh, everything this year is being live streamed last year we had to do our whole festival online Uh, this year we're very much in person and very keen that people should feel safe and confident coming into our concert halls which will be all socially distanced and lots of covid secure measures in place but also if you can't make it if you're too far away if you're not yet ready to come back into concerts you can buy online tickets and watch it in the comfort of your own home and we have a fantastic team
0: running that and making it look and sound absolutely amazing excellent well we're all very much looking forward to it and we're so pleased that we've had a chance to
1: highlight it in our podcast <laughs> thank so, you so thank much you. for coming on shelter it sounds absolutely wonderful thank you it's been a real pleasure
0: a couple of podcasts back we talked to Simon Walker at Mark TV about how audio was taking over the world well it's not just audio but ever since we began lockdown culture last March there's been an absolute flood of online and increasingly actual talks festivals art fairs exhibitions and cultural programming so much that it's hard to know where to start. You could spend 24 hours a day in front of your screen, knocking back Martin Miller's gin, trying to choose what to listen to or watch. Well, our next guest is John Benson, the co-founder of Aonia, a new, well, it's not a Greek island. It's a new (laughs) online platform that aims to steer away through the somewhat overwhelming amount of choice on offer. John is here to tell us all about it. Good morning, John. Good morning,
4: Ed. Good morning, Charlotte. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you, John. And we really are interested in what you're doing because doing this podcast, we, of all people, know just how crowded the cultural landscape is at the moment. Plus, you're covering all sorts of offerings from the States as well as gardening. So can you start by telling our listeners how you plan to steer a way through all this mass of culture?
4: So we are focused at the moment on the visual arts um, and literature and and gardens. And we are a curated service, as you say, so we're not trying to, to cover... All things we do want to have a sort of quality filter, so when you come to Aonia, you are seeing a selection that Aonia has made. But you know, there's a lot out there. Uh, we work pretty hard to try and find the best of it um, and to deliver it to people who come come to Aonia. And as you know, as you can see on the platform, we spend a lot of time then um, grouping it together by subject or by demographic or by uh, interest groups.
0: And also, you cover a lot of American culture. I mean, we talked to Marquee TV a couple of weeks ago. They have a lot of content from the states. Uh, there were some amazing things, like cocktails with the curator at the Frick, which we covered on the podcast. There's a huge kind of, inter- I mean, weirdly locked down to sort of help people engage with American culture as opposed to just American TV.
4: Yes, I mean, I think Marquee TV is doing a fabulous service in the performing arts and and, and in music and. You know, once you go online, uh, it is a global platform. And so one of the things that uh, we aim to do with Aonia is connect uh, people um, uh, across the world with events and organizations that are happening in different parts of the world. Um, and there's no reason why somebody uh, shouldn't be enjoying um, from Australia uh, an event that's taking happening live in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Well I mean I, the, your site is absolutely crammed with fascinating stuff and I'm certainly going to be using it to get ideas for the podcast <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I do think it's we are being absolutely bombarded by culture at the moment I mean every time I just go on the tube I get complete FOMO when I see a ad for another play or another exhibition you know that I, I can't get to because we can't all do everything and um you know not to blow our own trumpet too much, but I think partly why our regular listeners l- like our podcast is we just we give you just two or three things to do in a week, but you are actually also creating your own content aren't you now so so tell us a bit about that and how you're gonna sort of make it manageable all this culture because it's just so much well, on
4: the manageable front it, you're absolutely right there is a lot and and uh, you know we don't uh, take everything on board so you know when you come to aonia there is uh, there's a quality filter there. There is a selection filter that's taken uh, place. And I think going forward, it'll be a combination of our editorial curation um, and then also personal curation through through technology as people select uh, what they're interested in and, and start to see any of that sort of content. But yes, you're right. We do... Uh, we are starting to develop some of our own content with partners. Uh, we've just released uh, a, as a co-production a new TV series about country houses, uh, which, we've do, which we're have which we doing with uh, Julie Montague, who's a, uh, a fairly well-known uh, TV presenter, but also uh, the owner with her husband, Luke, of Mapperton House in, in Dorset. And Mapperton have been very innovative during lockdown in reaching out to digital audiences. Uh, and so we've developed with them a TV series called uh, American Viscountes, where we go around to different country houses and explore them and their gardens. And then we uh, stream that uh, on Aonia. Uh, And also we have a dedicated YouTube channel.
1: I mean, what I I liked about it was that there is a bit at the beginning when you first go on, you know, if you're just browsing, you know, the first thing you think, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming. There's so much here. But then there is a section where you sort of I I just wonder if if that's going to get more ordered as you go along. There's a bit where you tell us what's going on in that week.
4: Yes, it's a very good point. And we will be doing more of that. And in fact, we do set out the content in, you know, a Netflix style, and then we group things together. So, uh, you know, one of the things we do is we'll group content, which is specifically for kids. You know, I'm forever battling with my kids to get them off Fortnite or some sort of game. And, and um, so so, you know, part of the deal is, okay, well, you can stay on the screen, but I want you to Uh, You know, the Royal Drawing School, for example, do great courses on Saturday mornings, teaching people how to draw online. And we bring that together on AONIA and help people uh, find that in an easier uh, easier way. And again, also for people who maybe have learning disabilities or accessibility issues, uh, you know, a number of organisations will do, uh, for example, programming or events for the deaf. But it's terribly difficult to find them. And so we bring those together uh, and have a whole section for, uh, for, just for that community.
1: And are you planning to start including performance arts as well and things? Or is it, are you going to stick to art, literature and gardens mainly?
4: Well, I think one of the challenges with a business like ours is focus. Uh, and so we're quite happy to focus on the areas which we're currently focused on, which, are, which is uh, literature, uh, art, visual arts. Uh, and gardens, garden landscape, garden design, garden history.
1: Oh, well, really interesting. Well, well, huge good luck with it. And and just just tell us what the, the – it's www – is it www?
4: dot so www.aonia.com. Uh, the app will be coming fairly shortly, but, uh, yeah,
0: aonia.com. Not to be confused with the Aonia, the dual-fronted progressive metal band. No, indeed. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't, Charlotte, it's just, it's just like being on with my mother. I can't believe you've not heard of Aonia – dual-fronted <laughs> progressive metal band. <laughs> but, Ed, come to
4: Aonia.com... And you can uh, you can uh, find a talk from uh, a live talk from David Grohl, as you'll know, of Nirvana of and Foo Fighters, yes. happening. Uh, that's part of the New Yorker Festival, which we're which we're featuring on Aonia. That's happening next weekend. But tell us a bit about the New Yorker Festival. Uh, that is starts on the fourth of October, and they've got a fascinating uh, series of talks uh, and, and a broad spread actually of, of, of talks uh, coming up. So uh, Grohl, I've mentioned. Um, We also have Merrick Garland, uh, the former Attorney General in the United States, talking about uh, justice. They have conversations with models. Jane Goodall is giving a talk there as well. And um, there's a whole range of talks, Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac.
1: Well, the New York Festival sounds absolutely great, as does so much of the other content on your site. So listeners, again, it's aonia.com. And we wish you all. All the best of luck with it. Thank you very much for coming on and telling us about it, John.
0: That's all we've got time for this week, sadly. but do please keep listening and subscribe. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with your feet up and a delicious Martin Miller's Original Gin and Tonic in hand. If you haven't already rushed out and bought a bottle, don't forget you can claim a 10% discount until the end of October if you order it online at martinmillersgin.com. Use the code BREAKOUT2021 at the checkout.
1: You'll also be able to find out lots more about that other delicious Martin Miller's gins on the website. And please go to our website, which I'm sure you all know by now is countryandtownhouse.com dot co dot uk and if you put forward slash newsletter you can subscribe to the country and townhouse weekly newsletter and the new october newsletter from great british brands again thank you very much to martin miller's gin and thank you to all of you for listening see you next week goodbye goodbye